Hey, Bells, it's I good. heard there were some hoes in this house. It's the second week in a row that somebody's telling me there's some hoes in this house. Are there some hoes in this house, sir? Probably. I think Colin's in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you be nice. You be nice to Mr. Colin Wiseson. What is wrong with you? All right. Hi, only Colin. For, only for the sexiest, the sexiest of people, ladies and gents. It's That's them right. 11, 11 boys right here on Hameen Media, the PW Hustle Networks. What's going on? It is the Wednesday lock. Greetings Indeed. and blessings. What's up? I got my people with me as usual. But first, I want to ask you guys a question. Are you guys ready? Ready. Are you guys ready? And then anybody in the chat, if you got the answer to this, please feel free to drop the answer. What tree can you fit in the palm of your hand? What, what? Tree. Tree. What tree can you fit in the a palm, palm tree? Ah, oh, Striz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I is too much. It is too, I should have known better. I should have known better. Right? Mm -hmm. That's that, that, some silly ass shit up to Striz like that. Bells, I could have got it over. Bells wouldn't have caught it and, and I would have looked nah, good at the too, end. Of it. That's too, too corny for me to dignify with the response. I'm, I'm glad Striz got it in there. You remember, you remember. You <laughs> called me corny. <laughs> you remember when, you, when we used to do stupid jokes like right in the beginning of WLR we used to do like uh, jokes. Yes. <laughs> the Matt Hardy joking the Matt Hardy <laughs> so for some reason that came back to me this week and I was like I gotta bring it back so we'll right. do stupid jokes I got a couple more I got a couple more uh, throughout the, oh, the, no. the broadcast this week we got your favorite intercontinental chant what, what intercontinental chant were you watching when you became a wrestling fan, and of course, your shout outs right here on WLR. And you know, we're going to go over the rules, the AEW rules, because, you know, they got to tell them boys to ease up. Take it easy, guys. What the fuck you guys doing over there, man? But before we do that, the Andrew Bello, he has a PhD and a, and a whole shitload of things, not just NXT, the God of Thunder, ladies and gents. What is going on? Tell us what's up. Not too much, man. Good to be back here, chilling with them 1111 boys on the PW right. Hustle YouTube channel, on Hami right. Media, in the That's Wednesday right. locker room, hashtag um. WLR, and all um. that shit. Anyway, <laughs> I, got, I caught both 1111s yesterday, and I, I was like, oh, as wow. I was going to bed, I was like, nice. That's like, you know, oh. that's that was, it was a solid day. And it, you know, I guess it was an okay day at the end of the day. But right. um, yeah, so... I was telling you guys right before we came on air, before I uh, I called the Striz on, only because I'm going to forget this story. So I'm starting to watch some conspiracy videos on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> I found one. I'm watching one. Like, I'm watching a whole series I'm on, on this one channel. I think it's called The Y Files. And I'm just going through the playlist. And one of them pops up, and it's the story of Valiant Thor. And for obvious reasons, this piques yours truly's interest. So I start watching it, and it opens with, like, 
a 300 foot spaceship lands and blah, 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 like Alexandria, Virginia or something like that. I think it was. And uh, and a man comes walking out and he looks like a normal human being. And he's like, I want to see the president. That man's valiant Thor. I'm not going to go through the whole whole story. But the beginning of it is like as I'm hearing it, I'm like laughing because it is the exact description of a reoccurring dream I used to have when I was a kid. So now I'm really into this video. Then it goes on a little bit later and they actually show pictures of this gentleman who supposedly is Valiant Thor, met with the president, was living in the Pentagon, all this sort of stuff. And the motherfucker kind of looks like me. Like he's, you know, <laughs> white dude, like brown hair, kind of wavy, you know, slightly larger than average nose. Like it, like the, the facial structure's there. Like it, it could be me in another life. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm watching this and now I'm, now I'm just hysterically laughing and it's the wee hours of the morning and I'm sure the goddess and the neighbors appreciated it. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was very into this story. It turns out the whole thing's probably a crock of shit. It's uh, based on a novel called the the uh, the Stranger at the Pentagon, and oh. it was like it was this preacher who was going around trying to find the new some new way to spread, uh, you know, the word of the Lord and use this book because naturally Valiant Thor also believed in Jesus and was like a large component of the story that he came to Earth to try to save us from ourselves basically that's dope i yeah, love that yeah you gotta put me on like send that to me so i could like look and this at was that. a video yeah it was like a maybe like a 13 minute like little kind of explanation of the whole huh. the whole story of it of valiant you know, yeah, we should put the link of that in like the in the, in the gimmick this week so everybody yeah. can check yeah it out. maybe i can i do I'll, that I'll, I could I'll, ask, I'll ask uh ben to do it i'll send it to him and ask him to put it in in, in the description or whomever's doing that over at Harmony Media, I'll, I'll ask them to do it. It reminded me of, of I think it's John Teeter. I know it's Teeter. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. the first name. It, it reminded me a little bit of that, like that whole, like the, the time traveler that he had a machine and, and he knew a bunch of shit and then he just disappeared. That's dope. Those stories are so dope. Like, I, I love them. I was just telling the guys how I'm looking for time travelers. So if you guys know a time traveler or if you yourself are a time traveler. <laughs> call in right now. The phone line's call in right now. <laughs> and if right. you're too shy, if you're too shy, you know, because you came back in time to be in the presence of the 1111 boys, I understand. Just hit me up on the side. Um, and all the callers, the phone lines are closed, but for the other callers, right. they're surely open. Hold on, you're the first to call on this WLR. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Boom. Videos and, dropped. And the link link to the video is dropped in the chat on YouTube for those. How many people do you uh, think realized that that was the opening to uh, Fringe? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I know I know most somebody got it, but but you got it, which is 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 right here. It, it, it's right. Here. <laughs> it's in the fields, right? <laughs> can, can can we go ahead and introduce the man? Because he's already been. Oh, yeah. he <laughs> skip the no, he you will the sit there and shut up until I introduce you, sir. How Where dare you? Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he comes to us from the island of Rhode by way of the Denver airport. He stands at six feet, six point six inches tall, weighing in at an unbelievably svelte six hundred and sixty-six pounds. All biceps. Oh, good Dang. lord, they're getting bigger every week. He is the master of the massive memories, the connoisseur of the colossal kajungas, and the hunker of huge hooters. He's sexy, he's stranglery, 
Strangler Steve <laughs> Boom. Boom. Oh my god, that had some extra hot sauce on it this week. Ooh, I felt good. Yeah. Bit, the last oh, couple of weeks, I felt it hot. cracking. I had to, I had to make sure we pushed through, baby. Oh, we're well, we're you getting came in hot, dude. Thanks very much. <laughs> I appreciate the intro. I just thought we'd skip by it because I was already on. I no, figured, no, ah, no. Screw, we'll give bells the week off. But the man loves to do the intro, and I love to hear it. So thanks for having me back. It's been a hot, hot week here in lovely downtown Phoenix, Arizona. The last twenty something days have not got any lower than hundred and ten degrees. Today was one sixteen. And there's no end in sight for the next 16 days in a row. We're going to be in another over 110 every single day. And we're just waiting for the monsoon season, which should be starting in the next two weeks, where finally it gets humid enough where the participation precipitation builds up and we finally get a little bit of rain. It's been like 150 days since we had any rain out here, and it's starting to really feel it. Like the wife and I went out for tacos for lunch today, and we got in the car. And sweet Jesus Christ, you could have burnt your legs on the uh, leather seats and just touching the steering wheel with the tips of your fingers trying to drive. It's just, right, right. it's not good. This is the kind of weather where, like on the news every night, they tell you how many old people died because they don't want to turn their AC on and they die in their sleep because they're too cheap to spend, you know, 10 bucks on AC because they're under, you know, they're living on a, you know, budget, but rather die than turn the AC on, which is always very weird. But uh, yeah, you always got to check on your old your old people out here in Phoenix, and especially people with animals. You can't let the animals on the pavement. They'll burn their feet on the pavement. So you got to kind of bring them to green parks and let them run around there and everything. So, so it's really it's pretty crazy. People out here bake cookies in their cars while they're at work, and they put the videos up on Instagram where they bake cookies on their dashboard or a cake or a pie or something like that. It's, it's just it's all types of weird out here. No, man, I get that, brother. I, I, you know, I was just, I was telling Striz, man, it, it's hot as hell up here uh, in New York, but it's nothing like, like down there. And I got the ACs blasting every freaking room. My bill is going to be like a thousand dollars for the month, man. I, 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 we're not playing no games, man. It's just not like, like it's an ice box to sleep here. And that's the way I freaking like it. Okay. I, I want to be covered in the winter. I want to be covered in the summer at all times. I want to have a blanket on me. The heat, you can get naked and you're still going to be hot. Okay, you can get butt naked and, and it's not going to be cool. When it's cold, at least you can do something about it, right? Well, reasonably, more or less. Unless you're living in Antarctica or the North Pole. Antarctica may not exist. Uh, we don't know. We know Australia doesn't exist. So all of that's debatable at that point. Or there's an ice wall. And there's the, the the infinite lands beyond that. What happened? What happened, uh, uh, um, Bells? I saw you before we get into pro wrestling. What happened? What are you gonna say? You're muted. Unmute your mic. Damn it! Am I back? I'm back. All right. Back. All right. So I, as I was going through this whole list of conspiracy things, I'm happy you mentioned Antarctica. Uh, there was one theory that was speculating that, like, you know, the world's gonna end soon, as as many of them do. And mm. uh, and for this particular one, it was because we're gonna. We're going to encounter some sort of pole shift that would result in like the ice caps moving basically like it's like 90 degrees. Right. So they'll be like where the equator is now. Yeah. And my my thought on all this was like the only reason I thought there was any legitimacy to this theory. I was like that would explain their obsession with Antarctica. 
right? Like maybe there's just like a paradise waiting in Antarctica for when the poles shift, they're all going to be fine down there because now it's going to be fucking California all of a sudden. They've already mm-hmm. got this shit figured out in advance. Who's they, you may ask? I don't know. Pick them. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Illuminati, the New World Order, the fucking they. Bidens. I don't know. Pick them. Like, doesn't even matter. <laughs> the Trumps, for that matter. I don't give a fuck. Get it together. <laughs> they. You know who they are. Yeah. Craig. The pronouns. Craig in the chat. <laughs> say, say they something. them. That's right. Say, them. Craig says something that, that needs to be addressed, and I think he's absolutely right. That Bellows mustache is going to get us a strike on this channel. It is very right. popular. We didn't do something about that no, shit, Bell. He's like a young Caesar Romero. <laughs> it's not going to get a strike until I start selling rides. Right. Um, then, then, yeah. And by the way, Craig, I mean, come on. You've been listening to the Wednesday Locker Room forever. When are you bringing us down for a big old barbecue at your the palatial estates? Yes. We got we got to do all that. All how, the, how many weeks in a row do we need to guilt you into this, Craig? We can, we can yeah. go. We can do this for you a while. You know, you can afford to fly us down there. <laughs> All the W, the WLR thing. Ribeyes every night. Right. We 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 need to be brought over. I mean, we've we we covered raw for you, for you people, for for years. Painfully I'm missing, too. I'm missing the Miz on the weakest link right now on Peacock. That's well, that's what be, we're doing for you. Might be doing you a favor here. Might might be doing you a favor. How dare you? But, but, but uh, stop trying to to take away from our pain from from our burden the cross we had to bear for years and years for these people and Craig can't even invite us to his house for a freaking t-bone steak couple for, steaks for, what would it kill him for some bison burgers he's Maybe, obviously a millionaire you know something like that a capri sun you know the the the, the, right. the a cherry capri sun they don't cost too much Ooh, craig yeah. what the fuck you know Damn, craig we might have to go on the offensive here. I'm thinking we we start a GoFundMe uh, for WLR infiltrates the the Horsley compound, and uh, we'll just get enough money, you know, we'll get a get, get, we'll get a Dude. couple, you know, get some some ammunition, and we'll just go fucking take the bitch. We'll, we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> How awesome would it be if Craig's wife's name was Felicia? <laughs> that'd be dope. <laughs> that'd be the best thing ever. I like it. Yeah. Seriously, that'd be too much of a coincidence. Um, Mike Simmons in the chat is going to start us off. We weren't going to go here, uh, but yeah, might as well get there now. I got to right? do it now. Cause Mike, Let Mike, brought it up. Mike brought it up and, and, and he has a uh, uh, Pentagon or, or Penta Cero Miedo as, as his uh, avatar there. And, and triple mania will be going on soon. I know the Striz is going to watch, you know, it's, it, you know, it's been so much fun. Ever since I've known Strid, it's gonna be the Veronica scandal happening soon. Right, he already did triple mania. <laughs> right, but Bello doesn't get involved often in these, but but whenever I'm watching these, I text Strid. Strid is watching, so we just go back and forth. I mean, Bello's on the chat and he just ignores us, but we go back and <laughs> back and forth and talk about this, which is dope. Regardless, uh, um, NXT Bells is very familiar with it. I was very happy to see Dom Dom Dirty Dom down there. Now the WWE is making a concerted effort to give everybody nicknames. We got Dirty Dom and we got Big, uh, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, the guy that's from Australia that looks like Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, big something. Uh, Bronson something. Reed. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Big Bronson Reed. That's his name now. They're, they're doing this on purpose. So How did they come up with that big part? I don't know. No idea. I mean, the originality on these people is, is hmm. just incredible. I mean, it must have been up for days. Right, right. Serious. He's not even that big. He's kind of big. Very Bronson round. Reed? Right, right. Round. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys! Okay. Say it's like five ten. You know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, he's not like a. Tall. 
He's not like a huge know, but, dude. But like, you know, 400 pounds. So he's, you know, right. So that, he I mean, is pretty big. But and and he's pretty tall. athletic. I kind of like that guy. I, th- I think he's pretty athletic. I, I like his splash. He's right. got a little work to go, but uh, we'll, he'll, he'll get there. He, he will get there. Dom Dom, on the other hand, is already there. Got skipped straight to the big leagues, like they were saying on uh, the commentary. He's he's Kobe Bryant. He skipped college, went straight to the pros because Dom Dom deserves it. And he's a thug. We've already been through this. A, a thug of epic Obviously. proportions. Yeah. Right? Doesn't, I mean, just beating the trash out of people in the cell block. He, he saw Buddy Murphy and smacked him in the face a couple of times. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, and he is now the new North American champion of NXT, beating uh, Wes Lee, uh, whom I actually kind of like. Um, but, but Dom Dom needed to win here. So I'm glad. I'm, I, and I didn't get to see the end of the match. And I, I fully expected there to be a smudge finish and Dom Dom not coming away with the belt. Striz, on the other hand, yeah. predicted that this would happen. And, and he told us what was going on. Bells, I'm going to go to Striz first, and then I'm coming to you. Cool? By all means. Let's go, Striz. What's up? What are you thinking? Well, you know, uh, I have to say, first of all, congrats to um, uh, Buddy Murphy on the new gimmick change. They have him doing an AEW. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this or not. He's going to be known as Cuck Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's really good. You know, good luck to him on that. And uh, Dirty Dom. Been doing a great job, the new North American NXT champion. Hey, hold, I gotta say, hold on, Striz, like, yeah, yeah. just a minute, because you said that, and and Striz's um, Striz's idea to, for for the shoutouts was the Intercontinental Championship, and so many people gravitated, in, including me. I was like, oh man, but he asked just, he's like, what? Because I asked him, I'm like, what are we gonna do? He's like, I don't know. What do you think? And I had nothing, but I just said, oh, maybe we can think of wrestling porn names, and and I said, uh, uh Cody Loads would be my name. I'd be Cody Loads. <laughs> So, so this one goes right it's along gross. with actually what you just uh, said. You, and I, so hate to, I hate to say I didn't want to do that because I I hate anything porn wise. I think it's the most bottom feeder shit on the planet. And I think it just corrupts your soul. So I, as funny as the subject as it was, I'm like I can't do that. I can't be a part of that. <laughs> I was. But I was sitting there for a minute trying to think of a name. And I go no no don't don't feed into this. <laughs> this is bad. Move on. Just change change the so, subject. <laughs> so that was mine. Okay, yeah, be so original. Get your own. Uh, I am. Hey, I don't, am, don't, don't, uh, don't tag me on that. I'm, I'm BRV, Billy Ray Valentine, yeah. Billy the Kid. Only when you know me. The Mecca G Mecca and, and Cody Loads as well. Sure. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Juan Champagne. All right, finish up, brother. Yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I uh, predicted that he was going to be winning the belt because it just seems like he needed a little something extra to go with uh, mommy, and this could be a nice little piece of jewelry to do that. And, the thing about the, him winning the title is, you know, he's his, his uh, mainstay is up on the Monday Night Raw, and this is the second title to be going to Monday Night Raw from NXT in the last three weeks. Uh, three weeks ago, they brought the NXT Ladies Tag Team titles up on Raw when they drafted um, the uh, what were their names? Uh, Alba Fire and um, Isla Dawn. Wow, I can't believe I remember that. That's super wow, bonus bravo. points for me. And uh, they dropped the titles to uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, uh, unifying the women's tag titles. Right. So uh, essentially, there's no more NXT women's tag titles. So that's the title that's out of NXT. Now, here we are. And actually, a year ago or so, when um, they got rid of the Cruiserweight title, they absorbed it into the uh, North American title. So they got rid of that. Now, here we are with the North American title going on Dominic. Is it not going to go back down to NXT? Is it going to 
be, you know, engulfed into the U.S. title somehow, somewhere down the line. Like, what's happening? I think we have some little, like, red, red alerts happening in NXT here that I predicted is, uh, a while ago with um, budget cuts, cuts happening before WWE gets fully absorbed into uh, Endeavor Entertainment that uh, NXT may be on the chopping book on block. And when I see signs like this of them slowly getting rid of the titles and having storylines to do so and bringing guys into the main roster, it doesn't look good for NXT. And then you have guys like uh, the champion Carmelo Hayes, and you have guys like um, Braun Breaker, who, even though they're still in NXT, they're slowly spinning the wheels. You've seen both of those guys on Raw at different points. Seth was down with the uh, world new World Heavyweight Championship, defending it in NXT, but kind of, you know, putting a rub on Carmelo Hayes at the same time, getting him ready to go up, it seems like. But, uh, you know, weird things kind of transpiring in the, in the Raw slash NXT universe right now. Yeah, maybe. Lots of crossover that you never saw before. And now we get Judgment Day almost every week on some basis in NXT. Right, right. No, it's, it's, uh, all of those are valid, right? And, and uh, I like this. I, I like that Dom is the champion. Now, I'm a big fan of Dom Dom. There's, there are certain things... Hold on. <laughs> Bell's taking for a second. Sure. Well, all right. Just correct me if I'm yeah. wrong here. Um, yeah. it, it, NXT is on USA at like the, what, eight to ten time slot? Is that is that where yeah. it's on? Yes. All right. So yeah. my, my, my initial thought is that that's probably going away, right? Like they're going to they're probably mm-hmm. going to go back and treat it more like a developmental thing. You can only get on the network. It'll stream once a week on Peacock or whatever the fuck it is. Frankly, NXT is a way bigger deal than it has any right to be, right? Like, even as a third show, even when it was at its hottest back in the day, it probably mm-hmm. didn't merit being a third set of uh, of at least multi-hour, you know, blocks of professional wrestling or WWE wrestling oh. in particular. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's just not going to be on USA anymore. I feel like that will be a real hard thing for them to do, though, because it'll seem almost like they're conceding Wednesday to right. AEW, you know, but at, at the same time, like, I'm sure USA could even put a fucking SVU rerun on there, and it'll do better than it, your average it episode You're of right NXT, that. so that's probably where they're going. And they, they say Big Bang Theory reruns get better ratings than live wrestling, so yeah. they're already produced. You just gotta pay the whatever the fee is to run it, and you, you know, all you need to do is buy 10 or 15 episodes and just loop them. And people just watch them mind-numbingly just time after time. So my son is here, and he interrupted me to tell me something, and I figured everybody should hear it. So go okay. ahead, tell him. Tell him. I do not understand why Dominic is the new North American champion. Why? He doesn't get it. I don't understand why. I just don't. I, I, Are you happy about it? I, I don't really care. Speaking to the mic. You don't care. I don't really care. He's a thug. Who's not? Okay, go. He Would you to- rather it have stayed on Wesley? Would you rather that guy Wesley kept it? No, he doesn't care either way. Doesn't care. Well, I'm glad he was he doesn't understand why that. why somebody from one brand got it, and you know, since NXT is the lower right, brand order. Okay. Yeah. okay there, well, now they now you've got Judgment Day with what a briefcase and two belts, and Balor yeah. fighting for a fourth, a third, you know, and a fourth I, item. David I guess D you know whatever. Is saying that uh that the Judgment Day is getting annoying. You know, um, I I I I was I'm kind of into the Judgment Day now. Like I, I wasn't. Heels. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't for a long time, and I, I kind of am now. Most mostly because of Dom Dom and Mommy, you know, like they, they make me uh, really like it or whatever. But uh, but it's they're being featured prominently in almost every 
every way. They're, they're going to fall apart at yeah. some point. But no, congratulations to Damda, uh, the greatest North American champion ever. I know he's only had it for a few hours, but he's already the best, without a doubt. Definitely ever. the most famous man to ever hold the title. Absolutely, without he's, a doubt, hands down. Right? He, he wears cowman boots. Yes, yes, he, he will. And and what the things uh, that he's going to do with the North American title and mommy tonight, boy, oh, let my. me tell you. Yeah. And he's going to film it for I Buddy hope they Murphy. don't video it. And it's two <laughs> things that Buddy Murphy has never had, the North American title and uh, uh, um, uh, mommy. Because I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that that's a charade, too. Anyhow, anything else we need to say about uh, Dominic Valenti? Uh, Dominic Valenti. <laughs> Shouts to Dominic Valenti. Only the hardcores are going to know what that is. O- only... And, and I'm willing to say only hardcores in New York or the tri-state area are going to know about. If you know who Dominic Valenti is, and A-Track, you don't count. If you know who Dominic <laughs> Valenti is, I'll be very impressed. Let me know. Anyway, uh, uh, Dominic Mysterio, very happy about that. Do any, any closing thoughts on Dominic Mysterio? Who's no, Dominic Valenti? <laughs> yeah, who's fucking Dominic Valenti? I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. Wait, what's up, Bells? No, no. I mean, I kind of wanted to talk more about Judgment Day more broadly. Like, where do we All think right, this that, is that, going here? Is um, like, is Balor gonna win this title, and then they're gonna have this dy- dynamic with uh, you know, Priest has the briefcase, Balor has the title. Does Priest cash in during and or after this match with Seth? Maybe on Seth, and now you've got Balor probably getting kicked out, right? Like, I mean, like, there's no way he could stick around after falling short. And everyone else has got a belt now. He's kind of useless at that point. Uh, as much as I don't want to see Balor go that route, I think that's it's either like he's winning this belt or they're going to boot him. I kind of feel. So do but, you have him as like the baby face in this situation? I think ultimately he'll end up that way, right? Like he he kind of comes, he come, you know, they all beat him down, kick him out, blah blah blah. I don't know how bad people are going to feel for him because he's kind of been a dick for the last six months. But right, right. you know, maybe they injure him and he comes back in a couple weeks or whatever it is, and you know, maybe right. maybe people kind of forget and now he comes back and. He's beaten up on this heel faction that's kind of getting on everyone's nerves. Now they've got all these titles. And uh, yeah, I think he could come back and maybe kind of be a, a baby face in that scenario. I don't know if he'll be like successful in coming back and overcoming everybody and like winning the belt back from Priest necessarily. I don't think that would be a smart move long term for Priest or for that belt. But um, I, I don't know. That, that's kind of how I feel like it's, it's going to end up shaking out, though, is that he's either going to win it and then Priest is going to backstab him and take it from him or he's going to lose priest is going to win it. And then it's like, well, who the fuck are you? The rest of us are cool kids with belts. And you're just kind of this loser over here uh, who likes to stick his crotch in the camera's face. Right. <laughs> that seems to be the most likely scenario. Yeah. And he will okay. continue to stick his crotch. Although, in. Do you think that they could do a thing where uh, uh, let's say Ballard does when he beats Seth becomes the new world heavyweight champion uh, and his back is turned as he's had his brand new belt. Uh, Priest goes and cashes in the briefcase and tries to get over, doesn't, and ends up getting pinned or whatever, and then there goes his chance, and Balor keeps the belt, and there's no more Mr. Money in the Bank, and, you know, uh, say, like, um, Balor remains a heel, because he was a heel going into the match, and they Priest. call, because he lost, they they kick Priest out and say, hey, you're trying to beat up the world champ, you know, he's our he's our boy, you know what I mean, because you want to stick with the winner, right? Being right. a bunch of heels, they all want to stick together. Uh, you know, and they kick uh, Priest out. Do you think Priest could have a good babyface run after that? 
don't know. I don't know the yeah, I don't know that Balor's the ideal like heel for him to be going up against in that scenario, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're gonna find a ton of guys that are like bigger and more imposing than Priest, right? Like he's a he's a relatively large guy on this roster, relatively speaking. So um yeah, I could I could see that as well. I mean that would probably work better for what their long-term plans are, right? Like they definitely have long-term plans for Priest. They don't have, I don't think, long-term plans for Balor. Um, I mean, he's like pushing forty at this point, right? Like, oh, he's and, he's, like, he's like and they've never, right and, and they've never really, you know, the one time that they really tried to give him the push, uh, he got hurt, and they never went back to him. And it's pretty obvious as to why that is, unfortunately for him and for maybe for all of us. But because he's like uh, my son, that's why. Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, he's fantastic. I loved him in Japan. Um, but he never stood a chance here. I'm surprised he even yeah. got the the universal title. The one chance it. he had was the demon thing, which they just botched a bajillion times yeah, over. They, like they just, it, But they put it over every time except once. So they, I mean they may have botched No, he's lost like the last it. three times he's done the demon thing. Not really? to mention he lost the one time on his way out of NXT as the demon too, which they shouldn't have done. Yeah. Well, I eat my words then. They totally screwed up that gimmick. Yeah. Um, from the beginning, from its inception, uh, that anybody that first off, if you weren't a fan of Finn Balor, you didn't get it, right? You're like, what, why? Or or Prince Devitt, right? And what he was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of the Indies and exactly. Japan. Right. So you, you just didn't get it. And there wasn't an, really an explanation for it. And if you were a fan, you were like, this is kind of corny. This is the predator. He was dressing up like, I mean, he was painting himself like a Mar- Marvel superhero. It was he did the Joker, dope. too. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. dope. You know, it, when he did the, uh, I think he did Venom or Carnage. I forget which one he did. It was dope. Um, and it just quite, it just, they, you know, this is what the WWE does. They, yeah. they screw things up. Uh, Roy. Well, they weren't going to have him continue to be a Marvel character because they'd have to pay for that. Copyrights. I know. Right. So but, they do, do something what they can own. And so, and I, I mean, that makes sense. Hand. Dropping money on freaking theme songs left and yeah. right, so they'd have been like, "Oh, you, 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 you want to be um Spider Man? Yeah, we'll call Disney. We'll figure this out. <laughs> we'll drop a million. <laughs> and, and Vince used to do that too in his beginning. He had Eye of the Tiger playing for Hulk Hogan. He had Obsession playing for Saturday Night's main event. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things. Over time, you just get sick of paying out all this money because you can't. You have to pay them royalties forever. Say if you have it on a videotape, like they used to sell VHS yeah. back in the day. They can't pay that shit out forever and ever and ever. Like with the Reggie Parks, Wayne Eagle belt. Like, like you're, out, you're next thing you do, you're you're paying out all these fucking royalties, millions upon millions of dollars every year for a song when you can just have a guy come in and write an original song. Nobody else can ever use it, and it's yours. You can have him put any words you want in it, and it's yours for life. And you don't have to pay royalties on it. So there, there's good and bad with it both. But it's great having radio hits that you can recognize immediately, and there's a lot of value to that. But there's also I can see why Vince did it. He wanted to be like, why am I cutting fucking $6 million worth of royalty checks every year? That should be my money. I'll pay a guy $80,000 to sit in a church basement. Jim Johnston will sit there and create 3,500 themes a year and I'll own them all. And then I'll release the records and DVDs and CDs and make millions on the fucking marks that want to play that shit on the way to wrestling shows. Mark. You know, yeah, and me too. You don't think I listen to Stone Cold's music like driving ninety down the highway? You know, going you son of a bitch. I just had a real blast, and I know Jim Johnson didn't write a real American, but also Vince McMahon got incredibly lucky to find Jim Johnson. Right, a freaking one in a million that you're gonna find a freaking legend, legendary music writer. 
I mean, and it's a cool dude. I got to interview him once. That was on the bucket. I love to interview with him. And, That's and, one of the only entries that I ever heard of him. Oh man, I I I I, I, I was in on cloud nine because I, I would I would always you know gravitate towards his music and I can point it out like if he did it I was like oh he did that oh he did this just because of the symbols he didn't understand he's like what do you mean I'm like your symbols I'm, I was hoping he would catch it but he's like he didn't know I was like it's the <laughs> way you use your symbols that tip it off but he was like okay fine whatever anyway okay that's fine so to that point let's talk about AEW. Um, because I, I created a nice little bridge there. You saw what I did. I was like, AEW just Fantastic. throwing money, right? And but now somebody has to reel this in in some capacity. And all right, so you guys watching and you guys listening after the fact are, are very, very lucky right now. And I mean, not only are you in the presence of the eleven eleven boys, right? And that doesn't happen very often. It is the summer of Striz, and only the sexiest people get to listen, right? So that's one thing. Bells and I are going to give you the fan perspective of all this, right? But Striz actually knows what goes down and why these things happen, right? So we get to ask somebody that was on the inside what's going on because I read this and I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean they have to clear this? Um, weren't they clearing it from the beginning or are they just allowed to do dumb shit like this? Like, is this the way things work? And trust me, if you haven't heard about this, um, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I start going down this list. Um, all right, so th there's a whole thing of moves that are banned and, and actions that are banned. And then, hold on, moves, a list of banned moves and actions, right? And this isn't everything. These are just bullet points, right? And a, a list of moves and actions that require permission and approval. So AEW wrestlers aren't going to be able to do some things outright. They're just banned already. And then other things require permission and approval. So let, let's go to permission and approval first, right? Because this sounds like a nightmare to me, Striz. I'm going to Bells first to get the fan perspective of he and I. <laughs> and, and then I'm coming to you. You know, but but uh, all right, check this out. Spots that bump uh, on the ring apron and outside. Now, that, that, now that, that doesn't seem like such a big deal to me. Right, but to have to get approval for it, I know I know people can get hurt that way, but I, I I've seen it happen in pro wrestling for a long, long time now. Uh, Bells, what do you think? Yeah, that one seems that one seems fairly mundane and probably should yeah. be going on already. That that they should be asking for permission or not? I mean, I I I, I was kind of hoping you'd just go through the list because I I feel like my thoughts right, are going to be fairly general. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Okay, so. I'm sorry, my, my wife got me some platanos, which I shouldn't be eating right now, but they're That's delicious. All good. Okay, so spots and bumps on the ring apron and outside, right? Tables, ladders, chair spots, in and out of the ring, only allowed with padding. Now, these are the moves that require approval, right? So any anytime somebody's setting up a match, I'm assuming they're going to have to go to whomever to approve this. Uh, any elevated spots outside of the barricades, uh, dives and ladder spots on the stage, around the arena, and other places outside of the ring. This sounds like every AEW match and every minute of an AEW show. All pile drivers, tombstone variations, including sit-down pile drivers, inverted uh, poison hurricane conranas, and uh, vertebrae breakers. I thought a pile driver was banned a long time ago, and then I saw them come back. And, and, and I got to tell you, I cringe every time, every freaking time. Um, that's what happens when you become old and you're still a wrestling fan. Uh, high wrist dives or, or top rope moves, meaning 450s, 630s, double moonsaults, 
SSP, I don't know what that means, etc. Uh, intentional bleeding of any sort, not just blading. I, I really don't. Okay. Well, that's, you need to get permission for intentional bleeding. Um, you can't get permission from unintentional bleeding. So I, you know, I don't know. Uh, throwing people into, through, and over ring steps, uh, commentary table, bell table, or, or guardrails and barricades. Uh, weapons usage, uh, chairs, pipes, kendo sticks, hammers, ring bells, bats, chairs, etc. Title belts. We need to use. We need to get permission for title belts. Uh, thumbtacks, uh, screws, uh, barbed wire, and other sharp uh, puncturing objects, or powder, <laughs> aerosol sprays, or liquids. Uh, okay, uh, throwing any weapons or object chairs. Got to get permission for that. Choking people, strangling. Oh well, that ex out strangler. He can't. He can't be on AW. Oh well, you just got to get permission every time you're going to strangle somebody. <laughs> Choking, strangling with hands, or wow. any weapon or hanging spots. Don't don't hang people. Uh, injury spots or angles, whether or not medical, whether or not medical is involved, call to the ring. That one's interesting. That, wow. that a wrestler would be able to call that without permission anyway. Uh, any any physicality in the crowds or crowd brawling has to be approved. And any physicality involving referees, managers, extras, uh, celebrities, and or special guests. All right, that's the list for, for things that need to get approval before being done on AEW television now. Which means that, I mean, it's going to be a nightmare setting up the show, setting up Dynamite and uh, whatever else is live because you're going to have to sit there and go through every minute of every freaking spot that they're going to pull off uh, for everything. This sounds like an AEW show. This is a Young Bucks match. This is what Sammy Guevara does every week on a regular basis. He gets on a, on a table, I mean, a, a, a 15-foot ladder, and he goes like this, and he does something stupid and jumps off. Now he's going to have to get that approved before doing something like that. All right, Bells, give me your thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm just confused by the whole premise here. Um, a couple of things. Well, I guess three things. First and foremost, I feel like some of these things are relatively mundane and are probably just kind of like, you know, like getting hit with a title belt as opposed to like, you know, a chair. But like, I don't know, like there's certain things I, I just assume is like a kind of a baseline for the boys that everybody's kind of cool with. I don't know that. Steve will correct me. From there. I feel like some of the more dangerous spots, like it's a given you should a have to have permission from the fucking guy who's paying for all of this because it's a goddamn yep. massive insurance liability. And from the guy you're doing it with, because, you know, one of your lives or both of your lives are in one of each other's, if not both of your hands. So, like, I don't know. Some of that all seems very weird. Who are they approving it with? They have to approve it with Tony Khan or they have to approve it with their with their dance partner. The approver, whomever the approver yeah. is. Right. Go ahead. Okay. And then from from there, um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a, a nightmarish scenario for any. Like you said, like basically every match now is going to have to go through an excruciating detail. Uh, but but more importantly, AEW will make a storyline out of this. That's the fucking biggest issue I have with all of this. Is they will like six months from now you know jungle boy now as a heel or whatever the fuck will hit whoever the new midget fucking baby face that they wheel in with a pile driver 
And we'll find out after the match that that wasn't approved, that the, the you know, the Tony Khan didn't approve that pile driver. And he <laughs> that is, is very, good, actually. that is 100% going to happen, which offends <laughs> me the most. And last but not least, and again, Striz will, will uh, correct me here, is that like, you know, if you're in a scenario where it's like kind of like a hardcore, no holds barred, blah, 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 street fight type of match, my assumption as like a quote unquote smart mark is that like the reason that 95% of the time when a guy sets up a table, he's the one who goes through it is that like he's signaling to his dance partner, hey, put me through this fucking table in about 30 seconds. I mean, that that just seems to be like wrestling science. And that that's sort of the consent, right? Like, hey, like like if we're talking about consent with the person you're wrestling with again versus Tony Khan, like that's always kind of been the way that I've interpreted that. But maybe I could be I could be wrong again. But uh, yeah, like that's kind of like the consent in the moment. Like, hey, I'm Kevin Steen. I'm putting this table here. Sami Zayn, like definitely don't put me through it in about five seconds. And then naturally the one who set up the table is almost always the one who goes through the table, which is just kind of a hilarious thing that just happens in wrestling. But that's, those are my, that's my multiple point two cents on it. Fantastic. Good points. No, and and I didn't think of any of that. Um, uh, Before we go to Striz, I I, want to let everybody know that if I look like Tucker Carlson right now, it's because I'm squinting, trying to read stuff. So my apologies. (laughs) And um, El Mundo says that again, he, he says again, emphasizing that he said this before like pay attention motherfuckers what are you doing again in AEW, uh wrestlers have been asking for pre-approval since the beginning i don't know this but if el mundo says it i i you know it's probably true all right striz what's good well uh yeah probably guys have been have asked certain things from the beginning but probably not everything and that's this this stuff is very good for the business, it's good for the guys, and they may hate it, but it is good for them because sometimes they just don't know what's good for them. Right. And you have to do things like this. Uh, this sounds like there'll never be another John Moxley match ever again because <laughs> this is everything. It's like one executive, like from Warner Brothers, saw a John Moxley match and went, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> from throwing shit in the crowd and spitting water and taking things and drinking them from fans, God knows what the fuck is in it. Could be anything. It could be literally anything, and uh, you know they've just taken way too many risks on any of this shit. And he bleeds every single week. And there's you know bloodborne illnesses out there that uh, aren't great to have. I surely wouldn't want one. And uh, you know, so you got to minimize blood. That's a thing they should have been doing for, since day one because the more sparingly you use it, the greater impact it has. And uh, it's always the same guys doing it, and it's just just is a sign of laziness, and they're leaning on it because it's just trash. Trash wrestling. You, uh, you uh, don't each, want that shit. Yeah, no, certainly not. And uh, you know, when you're setting up wrestling shows, whether it's for TV or not, usually there's an agent assigned to, to every match. Uh, sometimes, if you don't have a big pool of guys to choose from, an agent can maybe produce a few matches if they have to. Now, you know, they'll get the finish from the promoter or the booker and be like, okay, how are we going to get there? And you know, they'll go and craft the match with the guys or they'll have something very specific that came from the office. So tonight, you know, this is what they want. They want 15 minutes, the baby faces up, and here's how we're going to get there. So then you go ahead and you, they'll get, put their input in. Okay, well, like, here's my five moves of doom, and here's where I'll put my stuff, and here's where you put your stuff. This is where your comeback will be. We'll do this, we'll do that, then we'll go to the go home when we get the Yankee from the ref that we've hit our time. 
hit the finish, one, two, three, we all go home happy and safe. That's kind of how it's supposed to be. But in AEW, it has been a little bit more of the Wild West because Tony's let guys kind of do their own thing and have, he's said, like, our wrestlers have freedom here to do what they want and to craft their art and to paint their story and the canvas is theirs to paint their story and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you let guys do that too often, they will take advantage. It's just the way it is. It's not just wrestling. That's all forms of life. You give somebody enough rope, they're destined to hang themselves with it. And, I find, you know, eventually there was enough times where guys get hurt or they blow out their back or they pop their shoulder. They can't show up to work and you still owe them a shit ton of money. And now, you know, here we are with like six guys on the shelf. I could probably name eight dudes off the top of my head that have been off the TV due to long-term injuries since AEW opened, you know, and without even having to really think about it. So this is a good way to kind of corral the guys in a little bit. We can still give the essence and the aura of either competition or violence or however you want to look at it all in a very safe, you know, realm and make it look exciting and make it look flashy and spectacular without having it be legitimately violent or legitimately like, uh, you know, over the top, uh, gruesome for the sake of gruesome type antics. Because on a regular week-to-week TV wrestling, your job is to, one, sell merchandise, two, push the house shows on the weekends if you have any, three, get everybody to the pay-per-view as healthy as possible to pay up all your angles. That's the whole point of television. Right. Get to the big show. So when you go through weeks weeks where guys are just bleeding or they're just bleeding, however, you can cut a guy hard way pretty easy a lot of very thin bone to skin right here over your eyebrow. Takes one little pat like that on the eyebrow, you can get a guy to bleed pretty quick. Uh, if you don't believe me, come over to my house and I'll show you. <laughs> Been doing this shit for 31 years. I can make you bleed just by pretty much, you know, double tapping your wrist. And um, I have no problem showing you how. And um, but this is a just just a good way to have some safety benefits going in and uh, making things uh, a little bit more manageable and a little less chaotic and a lot healthier for the dude. So like I said, it's, it's good for the long run. And uh, it was only a matter of time before AEW got to this point. It's just, I don't know. I personally, I don't think it should have taken four years before the, I think it was, I, I want to say it was Warner brothers who came down with the hammer on this. Probably. Um, but like I said, it probably one executive finally checked out this wrestling show they have on TV and went, what the fuck? And then hit the button <laughs> and said, stop the presses. We need to, we need to have a serious discussion about what we're putting out there. Right, right, right. That's probably that I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that that's what went on to some capacity, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to to my agent, Strangler Steve, and I'm setting up a match. I'm just gonna be like, hey, I'm doing a Spanish fly into a 360 a splash, and then a, a plancha outside with barbed wire and things. Right. How about that? That's well, what let's we're doing. do it. That's what <laughs> yeah. we're gonna do. No, see, here's here's when I was um running TCW, um, I gave out all the finishes. I ran the locker room. And the reason I did was because I had been around longer than anybody in the entire, anybody who worked for us, including yeah. the promoter. And uh, it was my job to give out finishes and nobody would dare change the finish on me because I could, they knew I could stretch them. <laughs> and um, you have to tell guys, and you say you have eight matches on your card. It'll say, well, on our shows, it'll say, do not leave the ring. Do not leave the ring. No dives. No this. No that. No 10 false finishes. And we craft the show. Because you don't want to have eight matches with 25 false finishes. You don't want to have eight matches with 15 dives, eight matches with six, you know, moonsaults. It's 
That's not how yeah. you do it. You you build a show. A show is like a roller coaster. It has its ups and downs, and then you go over, you get whipped around the corner, and then finally you hit the loop to loop, and then you kind of come around the side and you take it home. That's how you build a crescenzo. That's how you build a live event. You build it all up, you tear it all down, and you go to the next town and do it again. And uh, that's just how, how you do it. So guys would say, hey, would you mind if I did this? I have an idea tonight. First thing was, we said on all the things, don't we don't change finishes, so don't ask. And you can ask anybody who ever wrestled in TCW, that's a shoot. We don't change finishes, don't ask. So they wouldn't change a finish, but they say, I have an idea for the middle of the match. Would you mind if? And then they explain, I want to do this thing where they, I said, can you do the match without doing that? Well, yeah, but <laughs> let's try doing it without it tonight. Tomorrow we'll put it in. And we'll see, you know, what, what got the crowd, you know, more, you know, where the pop was. And, you know, I'm not going to say no for the sake of saying no, but have it make sense. Why do you need that in your match? Why do you need to do that dive? Oh, well, because uh, I saw six dives on free wrestling on TV this week. Yeah. What, what's going to make this dive any different or any more special? Right. Can you explain to me how? Can you explain to me why it needs this? And I, I would tell guys, if you can't work, an 18-minute match without leaving the ring, you don't know how to work. That's just plain and simple of it. Well, guys on TV. People watch 25 hours of guys on TV. Let's be different. Let's do something different. And when you finally get the guys over and you get and they get out there and they see the crowd and they get, you know, because they're nervous. They just want to do these high spots and get pops. It's, like, it's more than just the pop. You got to think long term. We got to come back to this town in a couple of months. If they've seen everything tonight and they go home satisfied and they they've seen everything they're going to see, they're not coming back. Right, right. They won't come back. But you can tease and you can bait a hook and you can get people to come around and think that you're the coolest dude without having to do very much. I'm not saying don't do anything. You do. Oh, you go out there and you bust your ass and you make everything look great and you give the simulation. You know what pro wrestling is supposed to be. You don't go down and literally beat the living fuck out of each other for 20 minutes. It's not what wrestling is supposed to be so when you do it right and you teach guys this is why we're doing the things that we do and they, they fall in the line and they see that you know there's more than one way to get a wrestling match over and they learn a skill rather than just going out there and hot shotting everything and killing towns all right we got some more we got we got a, a the new list of band moves and actions now don't oh, don't God. don't ask about these because they're they're banned all together before we get into that um what do you call an elephant an elephant that's not important five seconds what do you call an elephant that's not important two three four five all right did anybody in the chat get it losers nobody in the chat got it okay check this out what do you call an elephant that's not important an irrelevant. Fantastic. 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 Everybody, it's it's all right. It's fantastic. Okay, here we go. All right, here are the moves that are banned. Chair shots to the head. No more of those. I thought those were banned already, but chair shots to the back of the head. That's gone. Buckle bombs. I remember when uh, Seth Rollins ended Sting's career with a buckle bomb. Now Sting is wrestling again. Jumping off of God knows what into tables and almost busting his chin open. Um, moves where a wrestler falls backward into the turnbuckle. That's out. Uh, limiting concussions or seizure symptoms while selling a move. Imitating, sorry. Imitating concussions and seizure symptoms while selling a move. Not done. Spitting. That's out of the question. 
bleeding while in the crowd. Spitting. Wow. Yeah, spitting. Can't spit. Um, this was definitely an executive. I was like, yo, dude, you can't do that. Uh, using weapons or projectiles in the crowd, that's actually not a good idea. Um, throwing anything with blood on it into the crowd. <laughs> Taking food and drinks from fans in the crowd, which Striz just talked about. And making contact with fans in the crowd. So this this all sounds like, dude, we're going to get sued if you keep doing shit like that. Anyway, go ahead, Bells. What's up? I'm shocked misgendering your opponent at the promo didn't make the list, but I, <laughs> especially over there. Um, yeah, no, those, that all sounds good to me for the most part. I mean, like, I, I don't know that, you know, somebody is going to end up making some sort of like, uh, you know, there's going to be some issue like where the baby face is going to want to like come out and like give the like slap five to the fans. And now that's got to get approval Can't make contact with anybody <laughs> in the audience. Like that kind of shit is like, you know, that's where somebody's going to in the back. Is like, well, technically speaking, rule five, <laughs> su- subsection Q says you can't slap five with the little girl in the front row. And, you know, the, some of these rules are a little over the top, but most of those seem seem fine. OK, what's up, Stridge? What do you got to say about these? Uh, they all make sense to me. And yeah, I'm sure high fives are, are fine. But, uh, you know, <laughs> if approved, you guys remember, you guys obviously remember Black Mac, Black Jack Mulligan, right? Yeah, yeah. His IRS's father, you yeah, know, yeah. grandfather of uh, you know Bo Dallas and uh, the Fiend. Uh, great, huge baby face, six foot seven, three hundred and fifty pounds. Guy could seriously whip some ass back in the seventies and eighties. Was a top baby in WWE in like the early eighties. And uh, years and years ago, when you know there wasn't the barricades were probably just rope or something like that. They was at a match and it was a super baby face or. I think maybe he would actually, maybe he was working heel. I'm not sure exactly. But anyway, he was wearing trunks. And uh, during his match, he was close enough to the crowd where a dude who worked at a butcher shop brought a gigantic knife, like a foot or so long, and swiped it at Blackjack Mulligan, and it cut him down his thigh. And the knife was filthy with rancid pig fat on it. Because he never he hadn't washed the knife, so it was an infected uh, knife, causing him to have Jesus. an incredible infection from hip down to his knee, where they had to go and scrape out all of that infection that almost killed him. He was in the hospital for months and months because of that. So you never know who's in the crowd. You never know what they got through security. Obviously, back then it was probably a lot easier to get something like that through. They have metal detectors now, but still, you never know. There's concession stands. God knows what people can grab and get their hands on because people don't pay attention. So it's better to just never, ever be in the crowd and keep your healthy distance. Always be aware of what's going on out there. And uh, never like kind of lose yourself in the match so much that you don't know where your surroundings are because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, just this week alone down in Mexico, because uh, Don Callis was not paying attention, he was taken down by a Mexican photographer. Mm. who thought that his angle with uh, Kenny Omega being, you know, it was real. And they thought the heat was real, and they did some heat with, uh, uh, um, I, can't, I can't pronounce his name, Tekashita. Tekashita. Yeah, right. Yes, Tekashita. And um, he's putting the heat on Kenny, boom, 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 boom. Kyle's comes over, gives Kenny a stomp to the head, and walks away, like strutting like a heel. Fucking Mexican photographer was like, what the fuck? And grabbed Don Callis and pulled him to the ground. 
Conan had to come over and be like, hey, fucking let go. What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like killing the entire business. But it's real to him, know. damn it. Yeah. It's real to him, damn it. And believe it, I know this sounds fucking ridiculous in 2023 to say this, but there are people out there who take this shit to heart. And you you just never know who the fuck is out there. So you can never be too careful in those situations. No, agreed 100%, man. 100%, I agree with that, man. And and uh, uh, Takshida, I know, I know I'm pronouncing that guy's name wrong, but he's going to, I think that guy's going to be the future of Japanese wrestling. He's freaking fantastic. He'll probably be the face of Japanese wrestling in America. In Japan. You think I he's think gonna he's going to go, gonna go yeah. over to New Japan and, and, and make a splash. They, they have to be looking at him. You know, in, in New Japan... He's a big kid. That's what's yeah. kind of shocking. I love, I love him. I, I love everything he does. In, in Japan, he's um, I mean, Japan needs a real Japanese guy. That I mean, they have so many Americans, so many, so many foreigners, that it's it's almost unrecognizable. Like you see, so many foreigners over there. Like I want to see a Japanese guy. I, I want, I wanted to go. I mean, I know they still have Okada, and there's there's still you know. Uh, a couple of others that that well, they need some new fresh faces. Right, that's for sure. Right, that's what I mean. And, and this is the this is one of those guys, man. Dude. Yeah, you're probably right. He's I think this guy be is a top dude in the next right. year or two. I, this is the dude. Like he's young, he's big, he's a fresh. Yeah. Right. He, he's How's his English? Have you ever heard him do it? Like I have English not program? heard him speak English at all. Actually, okay. I have not. But um, I, I love him. I think the guy's fantastic. <clears throat> okay. We're gonna do the shout outs. We're gonna get into into everybody's shout outs. We're gonna talk about the the IC title right now. Um, before we do that, I want to admit to you guys that um, I had a problem. I, I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. <sighs> ah, Stris. <laughs> Stris laugh. I just fucking hate you. <laughs> Stris laugh. Because I was, doing that, I was doing the math on that joke in my head when we came up with this. <laughs> same answer at the same time, so I hate you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, okay. I'm done. I'm done, I'm done with the bad jokes. Um but but I, I'm bringing them back every week. Well, I'm you're a dad, so thrill. legally, you know, it's, these are just dad this jokes. Is true. You know, so. And I'm a dad, so I'm excused, yeah. right? I, I, I'm that twice over. Anyway, all right. Let's do it, Striz. Let's talk all about, right. let's talk all about right. what's going on this well, week. to get the shout out this week, I uh, threw a tweet out there on the Twitter machine, at Steve underscore, and asked who was the WWE slash WWF Intercontinental Champion when you started watching professional wrestling? And uh, for me, I put up uh, Tito Santana, and it was right before he dropped it to uh, the Muncho Man Randy Savage in the hallowed Boston Garden. So it was, it was uh, Tito was the man back in the day, uh, young, hot-blooded Latino wrestler that I just he took the world by storm. He was a great kid. Was, uh, I don't think I ever saw him wrestle as a heel ever, and he, he was always over no matter where he was, whether he was in a tag team. Tag team champ, intercontinental champ, the guy did pretty much everything. And uh, he, he was awesome to watch. And when he would come out of the Boston Garden, place would go unglued. <laughs> so uh, I'll get to the two of you at the end, but we'll go down the list right here and see who everybody said was the uh, intercontinental champion when they started watching wrestling. And at the top of the list, just like the last four weeks in a row, is Jay Reese Min. What's going on, Jay Reese? Jay Reese. He must have like some sort of a uh, freaking neon light that flashes every time I tweet because he's always <laughs> the first dude like literally 30 seconds after I tweet he's like oh, here's the answer Dope. his answer was Muncho Man Randy Savage uh-huh. oh, yeah. the power of power yeah. very nice, very nice. thank you 
Next up on the list, we have Jose Van Dam. What's going on, Jose? J. D. D. That's right. When he started watching, it was the Honky Tonk Man. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Honky Tonk Man gave me my very first bump in the world of professional wrestling back in 1992 at the IBEW Hall in Waltham, Massachusetts on the United States Wrestling Federation show. Wow. And he was the most humble dude, and he's always been a kind-hearted man to me, and I love that guy to death. Fantastic. Just class act all the way. Love the Honky Tonk Man. And he has such beautiful blue eyes. (laughs) Next up on the list, everybody's favorite millionaire, Craig E.H. What's going on, Craig? What's up, Craig Craig? For him, it was a razor. Ramon. Reza Ramon, man. Who, by the way, was a fantastic hey, Intercontinental Champion. He was good, man. He was good. You, uh, I was watching old Razor Ramon vignettes the other day when awesome. he pushed some dude into, into the wishing well. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> I was at his debut at the Worcester Centrum. Dope. And he wrestled three Kowalski guys that night. The first one was an old tag team partner of mine, Paul Van Dale. <laughs> the second right. one was Jerry Stevie, and the third was Tony Roy. Nice, man. Nice. All, it, it, all Killer Kowalski graduates. One more thing about Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, right? And and if somebody thinks I'm wrong, please correct me, but I, I'm pretty sure that I'm right about this. The whole crotch chop, he was the first to do that shit in WCW. He did. He, he was like down here. You know, he said some shit like that. And then it took fire after that. And, and everybody else started to, you know, the X crop, whatever, you, you know, I can't mm-hmm. say it right now. But, um, all the directions to the crotch that started with Scott Hall. He did that first on television. I don't, I, I'm almost positive that I'm right. I could be wrong, but go ahead. Anyway. Also, also the best hall of fame speech, I think still probably. Yeah. Yeah. Bad so. guys, bad guys. I forget how it goes, but it was dope. Uh, but something about bad guys, some people die. Bad young, times don't last, guys. but bad guys do. Yeah. yeah that's that's how it ends. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Right. Uh, next up on the list, Kevin Murray, and he says uh, Randy Savage. A macho man, that's right. That's right. Ooh, next, yeah. next we have uh, Dan Heffron. Sub he, Heff. Dude, this okay. guy's been watching wrestling a long time. It was Don the Rock Morocco, Dan the original Heff. Rock. Wow. How old are you, dude? Jeez. Don Morocco was a great Intercontinental Champion. The Rock Don Morocco. Managed by, do you know guys remember who he was managed the by? Fuji, the dude. Well, that, that came later. When oh, that's what I know. It was Captain Lou Albano. Ah, all right. Nice. I know Mr. Fuji after the fact. That's all I know. Guiding light, Captain Lou. Captain Lou. Up next, we have Katie Anderson. And uh, when she started watching, it was Mr. Perfect. The dude, Mr. Perfect. Nice. One of the greatest of all time. Fantastic, oh, yeah. man. Oof. It's like that title was just made for him. It he really was just nice. an incredible champion. Him and Bret Hart going back and forth for that was great. Yeah, like, you know, I wouldn't have been upset match. if Mr. Perfect had won the WWF championship. I, I yeah. thought that would have been... I think right. he would have. I think he would have won it if he didn't jump over to WCW. I th- I you know, think. I think if they had maybe decided earlier that they weren't going to give the Warriors such a uh, the, the year run, I think they could have put it on perfect, and nobody would have been mad. No, I think they would have been fine. Maybe you're right. Up next, we have Scott Ward. What's going on, Scott? And so it was uh, when started watching. It was again Razor Ramon, a bad guy. Black bad Larry David. But bad bad guys guys do. good times. That's right. <laughs> good times. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. That's what he said. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Black Larry David, what's going on, buddy? What up, yo? 
the excellence of execution, breath the hitman breath heart. Hit heart. Another okay. just unbelievable, Incredible. perfect Intercontinental oh, yeah. Champion. Right. When he broke out of the tag ranks and got the Intercontinental belt, I was like, I, I was the biggest Bret Hart mark. I used to have some pink and black gear that I would wear yeah. back when I had all my hair. And I, <laughs> I, for a short, very, very short period of time, I wrestled with Steve Hart. Dope. Because I loved the, the Hart Foundation, loved Bret Hart like crazy. Nice. Up next is your boy um, Billy Ray, the professor. Chabella Vela Cruz. How up, old is that guy? Do you know? Yeah, he's not too old. Well, he's saying Don Morocco. I got to figure he's going to be close to 50 years old. <laughs> you're saying Don Morocco. Don the Rock Morocco. Unless he was like in the womb watching pro wrestling at the time. <laughs> Man, he's always went back and watched videos or something on that. Nah, he's not that much older than me. No, no, it's it's the first time you saw the the you know the first uh, icy chant when you started watching wrestling, and so it's Don Morocco. I don't know how old he is. All right, Jimmer Monroe, what's going on, Jimmer? What's up, Jimmer? Now, Jimmer also showing his age here a little bit with Pedro Morales, who was the final champion, I believe, like eighty two or eighty three. Right. So I've been watching a long time, Jimmer. Good for you, but, Jimmers. Eighty one. Pretty cool. 81? And eight, oh, wow. 80 and 81. Yeah. Okay. Up next, we have K Bob Tech. And he started watching a little bit later. He he said Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. He's that's a 90s baby right yeah, there. Yeah. So he came in during the attitude era. Was good. The one true Bobo. What's going Bobo. on? Bobo. Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh man. Great heel intercontinental champion right there. Incredible, man. Well, the, for the first time they ever sized the belt to the champion, because if you go back and you watch Rick Rude with the Intercontinental Belt, it was a much smaller version of the Intercontinental Belt. And you can ah. see they started curving it tightly around the waist there, the center plate. It's a pretty weird but kind of cool little thing there. Was they kind of Because Rick Rude's waist was like 28 inches around. Oh, the very wow. small waist before we put on the extra amount of weight to become a heavyweight when the Warrior went to the big belt. He chased the warrior for that, put on a good 35 pounds in between those two runs with the Intercontinental versus the World Heavyweight title. So he put on a lot of size, but that Intercontinental title run, just a bitty waist there when he was the, uh, yeah. just in the body uh, body of the year award for right. the, the Slammies. All right, I'll, I'll stop droning on. Next up on the <laughs> list is uh, Andrew Bellows, Cape Bay best friend, uh, Colin Wysong. Colin. Hey, Colin. I thought He's Colin had been watching... Uh, wrestling a little longer than this, but I don't. He, I, I just, I guess, I just always think he's older than he is. Uh, he said, "Mr. Perfect." Yeah, Mr. Perfect. What's going on? I thought it would have went a little few years before that, but no. There you go. Uh, up next, and this is this is another one that shocked me. It's Mandir. Mandir was from like back in the day. Like I'm yeah. talking, like I thought he's saying like Ken Patera or even Pat Patterson. He's coming in with Ken Shamrock, which shocked the shit wow. out of me. Wow, so he's started yeah. watching. Awesome. So I, I thought, like, you know, Mandir was way more old school because Ken he's got that old school was, mentality. He was a dope IC champ. I, yeah. I, I liked I like Ken Shamrock's run with it. I mean, he had the street cred with the UFC background right, and everything. Right. Who, who wouldn't look at that guy and believe, oh, yeah, I don't know, he could be a champion. <laughs> you right, know what right. I mean? Like, six feet tall and, like, 235 shredded. Track. I, yeah. I'll believe it. Up next, we have Leonard Stevens. I think this is his first shout-out on the show, Leonard. So oh, uh, Leonard. welcome to the show. How are you Leonard. doing? His first Intercontinental Champion, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That was within Diesel. his first 35 matches that he ever had. <laughs> he was an uh, Intercontinental Champion. Pretty right. crazy to think. Uh, let's see. Mike M5. 
Now, Mike's been watching a while. He said Don the Rock Morocco as well. So, Mike, there's plenty of, of Don Morocco references today. Yeah. Now you get some older listeners, I guess. That's dope. Let's see here. Uh, next up on the list, we have Mars uh, Khalifa. What's going on, Mars? What's, What's up, Mars? Mars? How you doing? Now, the, do you want to take a stab? And you guys want guests? I saw it. Oh, you did? I know. Okay. All right. All right. You want to take a guest, Bells, or you don't? Uh, I'll, I'll take a stab. Boy, The Rock. We got the rock. Mars is young. Uh, no, a little bit before that. The, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay. Right. I, I, I can I can relate to to HBK in in a lot of ways, you know, because I'm 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 so no. good at what I do, and I'm I'm very sexy. Right. So I, I I can relate to all that, and and, and plus you wear like zebra striped underwear. Right. <laughs> post post and playgirl, you know, and, and yeah, yeah right. you know, and, and I have a real good singing voice. I could sing his song, you know, like really well. All mm-hmm. of. You guys are getting, you're catching up on his hairline too, so. <laughs> <laughs> that really sucks, yeah. yo. To, to see Shawn Michaels now, like it, oh, it really. Isn't sucks. it yeah. weird? Yeah, like, it really is. I, I I said this to my wife a couple months ago. Like, if you showed Shawn Michaels in 1994 a picture of what he looked like in 2023, yeah, what do you think he would say? Like, uh, he'd what? cry. <laughs> yeah, he. What happened to me? <laughs> I mean, dude, you, you're you're a millionaire. Go get hair plugs, bro. It, uh, Brett Michael. No, don't get. Uh, it's Brett just so... did it, and 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 that's your whole character. Right? Who, who did? Brett Michaels. Oh, uh, did he? Okay. Yeah, go get hair plugs, bro. Go. I mean, it's too late now because everybody's seen you without. Yeah, without yeah, yeah. But if. Yeah, if, well, plus he's. But how old do you think Sean is? He's 57, 58 years old. So is so is Brett Michaels, and Brett Michaels still looks great. Can I mean, he has. He looks hair, phony. Bro. He looks phony. I he's 58 be. years old, wearing eyeliner and do rags. Like, come on, dude. Let I think I'm cute. <laughs> Up next is again one of your boys, uh, Billy Ray, uh, A Track Brown. A Track Brown is very uh, A Track must be uh, up there a little bit. He must be in his late 40s. He said, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Damn, he's not in his late 40s, so I wouldn't know. He, right. well, I mean, he was in the Cardinal Champion. That was uh, 19, 1984. Yeah, 1984 into 1985. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. When he had the green intercontinental belt back then. By the way, Greg Valentine is the one who destroyed that green intercontinental championship belt to bring into what is now known as the classic Reggie IC championship belt that we still know and love to this day, although Gunther's wearing a different, a completely different version. But you know right. the one I'm talking about, that classic. Yes. The one that you just recently got in your right. collection, Billy Ray. The beautiful one. Right. With the red logo. Right. Up next. Oh, man. I can't remember his name. We've read the documents. I can't believe his name is still John Brisson. John Brisson from the What's Kill up, Johnny. What's going on, John? How many people have you killed this week in the in the, in the show shed? <laughs> Murder shed. Now, <laughs> now he started watching wrestling much later than I thought because his answer was The Rock, oh, not man. not Don Morocco. It would be actual Rock. Actual Rock. rock. So Wait, but was it The Rock or was it Rocky Maivia listed separately on the? Uh, oh, on the I, I believe it was a picture of The Rock in the The Rock Rock Rocky Rock. Okay. rock. Not we hate you, rock. rock. Still a long time. Die, Rocky, die. Die, Rocky, die. Ooh, that was stiff. All right, up next on the list, number six, TNP. What's going on, dude? That's number six. Number six almost six. dynamite. What's All up, right. six? Yeah, almost. Uh, Mr. Perfect was an international champ nice. when he started watching. Dope. Another first timer, Joey T. What's going on, Joey? Joey. Randy Savage. I'm not trying to believe you. Elizabeth. Down that aisle. <laughs> Up next, we have Adam Finch. What's going on, Adam? What's up, Finchy? 
He's the first so, person, I believe, to say this on the whole list. The Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior. One of the greatest the uh, wins ever. Right. Wins for the Intercontinental title of all time. I'll never forget. SummerSlam 1988 or 1989. I mean, I, I couldn't watch uh, pay-per-views back then. You know, I had to find out after the fact. And I remember tuning in on the Saturday of, and they showed the whole freaking match. Because, they showed it like eight weeks in a row. Right. On, they just kept was, showing it and showing it. And I was like, oh. I couldn't the Hong believe Kong man never lost. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If it did, it was like 30 minutes into a match, it'd be a disqualification. You take the title and run out of the building. You know, you'd be like, oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Right. He's going to have that belt forever. And I had, I was working at McDonald's at the time. And I had everybody from McDonald's over my house for this SummerSlam. And there was supposed to be the Honky Tonk Man defending the Intercontinental Championship against Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And he couldn't make it because of what had happened with. Ron outlaw Ron Bass took Brutus Beefcake and he took his spur and was cutting Brutus's head up like a roast beef sandwich and they had the big X ascension thing on TV. We can't show this dude another gruesome blah 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 and outlaw Ron Bass has slide sidelined Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So here is the Intercontinental Champion, longest reigning in the history of the world, greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, never loses the honky tonk man with the mouth of the self, the Colonel Jimmy Hart in the ring saying, I don't care who it is. Give me anybody. I don't care. Give me anybody. And all of a sudden, you hear that first bum from the Ultimate Warrior song. And the fucking place erupted. It was like, showing you how powerful entrance music is and how quickly people can be trained to respond to a single note of music. And that place when shithouse, the Ultimate Warrior comes in the ring and absolutely shit cans. Honky Tonk Man in 28 seconds hits the ropes with a big splash. Honky Tonk Man never even got his ring gear off. One, two, three. A year and three months out the window as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion went home with his tail tucked firmly between his legs, looking for the Lisa Marie, which was the plane Elvis Presley used to fly in. He said that on the way. Where's, where's Lisa Marie? Where's Lisa? He was not asking for his plane, which was named after his daughter, Lisa Marie. Anyhow. Nice. The Ultimate Warrior became the Intercontinental Champion, and good times ensued. The greatest changing now, of the uh, Intercontinental Championship belt. Before you move on there, Striz, this uh, this yes. outlaw Ron Bass, did he approve this spur uh, with with management? or? You know, I think it was a worked spur. Oh, wow. He's <laughs> not such an outlaw, is he? He's playing within the rules. He's, well, that's I, the I real him, work. He's not really an outlaw. He's not like the Dirty Dom, that's for sure. Certainly not. He didn't hit the yard like Dirty D. But I, I, I heard through the grapevine, through one Stevie Richards, that uh, outlaw Ron Bass was a kitten lover. It's true. It's true. Hey, Phil. All right. I know, right? Anyways, that's next up on the list. We have Willie McRimmer. What's going on, Willie? So, Willie. Willie. Another late watcher here. Uh, his uh, Intercontinental Champion when he first started watching wrestling was Santino Marella. Santino. That was wow. good. He was a very good... Uh, the, the Miracle in Milan. When he, t- he defeated Umaga on his first night in the company. Right. Lied to the office and said he could speak Italian. <laughs> they said, get your ass on a plane, kid. You're going <laughs> to Italy. And then the rest is history. And that was a great pop, too. Awesome. All right. Next up on the list, we have Vince McHameen. What's going on, Vince? What's up? What's up? Now, Vince must be old because Pat Patterson was the Intercontinental Champion. First time watching wrestling. There we go. <laughs> wow. Now come all the marksmen that we have every single week. The whole family. 
First up is Jacques, Mar Jacques Marksman. What's up? Chris, Chris Jericho. Bonjour. Nice. Now, he didn't oui. specify. Now, Chris Jericho held the Intercontinental Championship during like a 10-year period. Right. So we're not sure what reign because he had 10 reigns or whatever. In, in fairness, Tris, a lot of our listeners are probably like me and thought you just were asking for their favorite Intercontinental Champion because I didn't read the tweet all the way through. So uh, here we oh, are. Oh, that may be the case. That may <laughs> be the case. All right. Next up on the list, we have uh, Lucy Marksman. She said Randy Savage. What's up, yeah. Lucy? How you doing? David Jingleheimer Schmidt is back. Uh, Jingleheimer Schmidt? His name and is his, my name, too. That's amazing. The two of you have the same exact name. It's, it's amazing. a weird, weird random name. And for Whenever I go out, the people always shout. I don't know. <laughs> there goes John Jacob Jingleheimer <laughs> John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name, too. I joined, but I have no idea. Yeah. No, there goes John Jacob Jingle Heimersh. Okay, next up on the list, we have <laughs> Tim Marksman. What's going on, Tim? What up, Timmy? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Randy the Marksman. Randy Jill. Cream of the crop. That's right. Julie from Buffalo is next. What's going on, Julie? What's up, Julie? Julie? A couple stranglets this week, isn't that I was going nice? to say several. Yeah. she her, um, she, When she started watching wrestling, the late great Owen Hart. What a hell of an Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. yeah right. I loved right. Owen as Intercontinental Champion. That was like a perfect title for him. He did it all by himself, not his lousy brother, Brent. Woo! That's right. well, well, enough was enough when it was time for a change. Yeah, right, Indeed. Right. Next up on the list, we have Marcus E. Marksman. What's going on, Marcus? So, Marcus. Mr. Perfect. Nice. Good one. Next up on the list is my buddy, Super Beast from Western New York. What's going on, Super Beast? Love you, buddy. Super Beast. Ultimate Warrior. Right. Ultimate Warrior is fantastic. And let's see. Uh, Mark Clare. When first, welcome to Wednesday Locker Room. Oh, that's the dude, Mark Clare, man. I, I was on his show. Oh, right. Uh, he, he, does a, he does a show on YouTube. Um, if you look up Mark, Mark Clare show. Yeah. And I was there talking uh, wrestling and conspiracy about a week ago, two awesome. weeks ago. Very cool. Well, welcome, Mark. Mark is the dude. What's up, Mark? Glad to have you Hi, listening to Wednesday Locker Room. We hope you stick around. Uh, it was the honky tonk man, right? The greatest, the, the greatest of all time. At least, why? Why you got a lot like that? Well, besides the two of you, the last but not least, the chosen one, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I was hoping that would come up. He's my favorite IC champ of all time. I mean, I love. All right, so I was a kid, yeah. you know, um, and, and since you're done, right, Strays, you got no yes, more, sir. right? So I'll go first. So the Macho Man was the first one I saw. The first IC champ I saw. And when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat beat him, it, I, I was like just a huge fan of Bruce Lee. And I thought Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was Bruce Lee because they were going for that yep. in the WWE. And I was like, I was in love with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And when he won the belt, WrestleMania 3, right? One of the greatest matches of all time. Even I knew it back then, right? I was like, oh my God, you know, I it just, changed the pace of wrestling. Right. I mean, I didn't know all that, but I was like, this was really good, you know, um, and uh, and he became my favorite. And uh, and then he was gone. Then he left and he showed up in WCW, NWA or whatever. And uh, and he won that title over there. But I didn't get to see any of that. I saw the magazine cover oh, with him man. holding the big. Have you never belt. seen it? I've seen it now. Yeah. OK, OK. Yeah. You, you got to watch it. It's like historic. When I was a kid, though, I didn't. You know, I just I saw the magazine cover and I was like, oh, yeah. my God, Ricky Steamboat has Ric Flair's belt. That's, like, yeah. what, that's dope. You know, and um, it still so. said Ric Flair on it. Right, right, right. It's fantastic. Stuff. Anyway, go ahead, Bells. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out like who it was when I came into wrestling. So I like looked up the timeline, which is how I've been kind of following along so far. I don't know. I'm somewhere in between like Mr. Perfect and the Mountie, like somewhere around like late. The Mountie only had it for one Mountie? day. He had it for one day. Oh, yeah, the two first days that you big saw. on the okay. house show. But yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the list. Like, I mean, it's like yeah. somewhere between like late 1990, somewhere 1992. Like I definitely started watching when I was super young. I remember watching uh, like Warrior Hogan, which was, uh, I guess, ultimately like 1990, right? Like somewhere in that neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like I remember I remember watching it, but I'm almost positive i didn't watch it at the time i probably watched it like six months later when i was able to when my neighbor was able to get it on vhs uh from blockbuster just to give you an indication of how people used to watch wrestling back in the day sometimes Um, but yeah it was like somewhere in there i definitely remember Hart and 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 uh, mr perfect uh having that belt when i was like really young because i remember even like having minimal motor skills at probably like two or three years old trying to throw the towel over my back and catch it like (laughs) like i have like vivid memories of doing this as a matter of fact i used to do it with the shopping bags the plastic shopping bags when my mom would come home because they gave they had like sick air resistance so they would hang up there for a while so even my uncoordinated (laughs) ass could still catch it before it would hit the ground so nice Uh, but yeah it was it was definitely somewhere in that area of time and then, to, and then to, obviously the Miz is the greatest intercontinental champion oh, of all time. That goes without saying. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a good one. He's a good uh, one. I still have to see him break uh, Jericho's record. He's earned it. Not at this rate, over. motherfucker hasn't won a match all year, and they're well, going to job his ass just, out to Pat McAfee. Tommaso Ciampa on Monday. Oh, 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 well, all right. He's on a fucking roll then. Stress. He's going to be the world <laughs> champion for. He's back, now. baby. He's yeah, back. He's back. They're going to job him out to Pat McAfee at SummerSlam again. This is fucking un- this is, uh, this is unbearable. This man is a goddamn legend. They treat him like he came up fucking like like he got over an impact. Like that's how yeah, they fucking treat him. All right. He, he's, he's overachieved. This is Teflon. He, he's overachieved in this world and and good for him. He, he's gotten way too much than than what he deserved to get. So I'm very happy for him. But let's not overdo it here. This is one of the let's, good guys, man. Let's talk he is. Guys. He is. I'm very happy for him. But this all, all this other stuff, it's just, you know, he, he got the cake. He don't need the icing. All right. Like, you're, you're good. You got the icing at home. You, you've done very well for yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, shouts to Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Right. Who had yeah. that belt. And I, that was probably my second favorite IC title. And who did he uh, lose it to? When, uh, the Mountie. Or he beat the Mountie for it. He lost it to Bret Hart. Yes, yeah, very good. Bret Hart. Very good. Um, I, 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 I was heartbroken. No pun intended, but I loved Bret Hart too. Like when Bret Hart broke away and he became the IC champ, was I was awesome. happy to see it. You know, so uh, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to act, but it was just so good to see Rowdy Piper win it. And, and at that moment, if anybody remembers, it was like Rowdy, Rowdy Piper sold it like it was the greatest thing he'd ever done because it was the first title, or yeah. probably the only title he, he ever held in yes. the WWE. And when he got it, it was just like this big ass grin on his face. And it like you felt it. It's like, oh, my God. He, I mean, me as a kid, I was all in it. Yeah. You know, so I was like, so I'll never forget that. So, so shouts to, to Rowdy Piper, uh, uh, British Bulldog, uh, Davy Boy Smith. Uh, yeah, and yeah, how, he, how say, when he wanted to was so cool, right? Wembley, oh, yeah. SummerSlam, yeah. At Wembley, right. Yeah. And that also involved Bret Hart, right? Um, uh, yeah. it, was, it was incredible. That that was my favorite belt for a long time. Oh, me too. For a long this time. Is, and then then it kind of, you know, got... You know what? And, and this isn't, a, you know, it's not a commentary against Hulk Hogan, but he had become so formulaic by that point Yeah. that, you know, you kind of figured, you know, okay, that's going to be... It's, own bit of the show and I get it and everybody goes home happy and 
kids love them and it's great for business and i love them too but this belt we don't know what's going to happen right, right you know what i mean so it was like more exciting and the younger guys had it and you don't it, bad guys can have this belt too like you know you didn't see bad guys with the world title anymore you know like i i, I would love to like check into some weird alternative universe where like the dynamite kid became intercontinental oh, champion. Man, he was my i'd have lost yeah. it I'd that would have been a run i would i would have yeah. paid money to go watch him right. at the boston garden just tear it up with like say jimmy snook up for 20 minutes over that belt i would i would just mark out oh yeah yeah me too totally I'm agree just, i'm flipping through this list i'm like laughing i like the people i forgot ever held it like marty Janetti held it for for a brief like, run several times actually yeah like, like, like two three four times did he? The list here is giving me 20 days, but it is ESPN, so let's take all this with a grain okay. of salt. They might not get super into the lineage. Dean Douglas held it for zero days. He Couple won hours, it and yeah. lost it <laughs> in, in your house in October 1995. They handed him the belt, and he dropped it to Razor Ramon the same day. It's very Dean Douglas of him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, some of them did. You know, the, For what it's worth, this title had some runs. Like there's some There's some long stretches of time where this belt is held by who are people who are now, you know, Hall of Famers, basically. I mean, like almost the entire first 20, 30 right, years right. of this belt's existence. It's like, it's crazy. But One now of the weirdest runs, I think, was like when Ric Flair won it. It's like, what? Yeah, he won it from like what, like Carlito or Shelton Benjamin or whatever it was. Towards the end, you know, of his career, I was happy to see him with the icy. It was cool. It was a cool little thing. It's just one of those like, what? He did it? You might not remember it. It's yeah. like a very he won it from Carlito and lost it to Shelton. Yeah, that's... All right, I gotta get out of here. I got something I need to do before twelve o'clock, and we're approaching that time. So, guys, WLR, we did it again. Thank you for tuning in. It is the summer of Striz. Striz, tell them where they can find you, buddy. You can find me on the tweets machine at Straight with Steve underscore. And next Tuesday, I'll throw out another tweet. And if you would like to have another shout out and talk some wrestling and whatnot, we'll uh, just hit me up and answer the question as best you can, and we'll take it from there. Fantastic. Also, I'll be on. Uh, sorry, Billy, right? I'll no, be on the Friday locker room this week with Ben Hameen on Channel Attitude. I'm sure if we go to Ben Hameen at Ben underscore Hameen, he'll tell you uh, how to get a hold of him so you can watch it live as we record on Thursday morning. Very cool. I'd love to see, see that live when we record on Thursday morning. Um, and the Andrew Bennett, ladies and gentlemen, where can they find you, buddy? Yeah, you can find me on the Twitter machine uh, at the Andrew Bello. You can find me on the YouTube machine also at the Andrew Bello. Uh, R.I.P. to Harrison Bergeron's Twitter account. He got kicked off. Oh. The climate activists have won. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the end of that today. I think he's permanently suspended from Twitter. So uh, yeah, so so the Andrew Bello may or may not be conveniently tweeting about politics slightly more often. <laughs> uh, but, um, no, I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum, at least on on my main Twitter or whatever it is. But nevertheless, there are some funny memes that may get retweeted from time to time. Uh, so find me there at the Andrew Bello. It'll be the occasional meme, uh, you know, talking about random Marvel stuff, wrestling stuff, and uh, the occasional bars when I have them to drop. Fantastic. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Billy the Kid. Mecca G. You know the deal. Cody Loads. Check me out. <laughs>
over at the infinitefringe.podbeam.com and the infinite fringe on no, Apple Podcast. Cody loads. No. <laughs> Check me over Don't there. Don't start you know calling I mean? him that. Don't start calling him that. Do not encourage this man. <laughs> So make sure you go check that. Uh, and of course, everything we do over at Hami Media, go check them. Go check the A Show, everything here on the PW Hustle Networks. You know, everyone that's affiliated in some way, shape, or form. We have a we have a, a an extended family of professional wrestling. Even though we all do different things, it's professional wrestling that has brought us together. What's up to everybody in the chat? We really appreciate you guys. Everybody listening after the fact, we appreciate you too. Everybody on Twitter that that tunes in every week and wants to, you know, get with us and do the shout outs, dig it. We're getting up out of here. Hey, Bells. What's that, man? I got to catch your punk ass down the road and quickly this time. All right. Get it through your head. We're getting up out of here. Striz, tell them what's up. I like big kitties. That's right. Tiggle bitties. It does. Boom. Boom. We're still on the 